I was reminded of, of, of a memory that I had this, this week of, of my second semester in seminary when I, uh, when I volunteered to be an altar counselor for the prayer team at this uh, Christian music festival called Ichthus that happened every year in this little town of Wilmore, Kentucky, where I went to school at Asbury Seminary. And uh, I signed up to be this altar counselor, and I had absolutely no idea what I was getting myself into. Uh, but I quickly learned what an incredibly huge job that I had volunteered for. Just to give you a little bit of context, this uh, Christian music festival lasted four days and four nights, and, and it was jam-packed with all these really well-known Christian artists and, and some lesser-known artists, but they were kind of up-and-coming, and they uh, had stages all over the place, uh, multiple stages on hundreds of, hundreds of acres, this huge farm in central Kentucky. And, uh, and all the seminary students got to sign up for different jobs. And, and if you signed up for a job, you got a free ticket to the, to the music festival. And so, um, honestly, I'll be really honest with you, I only signed up uh, to be a, an altar counselor on the prayer team because we only had to report for duty for just one hour uh, on one night. Uh, and we still, everybody else had jobs throughout the week, but, but, uh, but my job was just for one hour on one night, and, and I still got a free ticket. So I thought that was great, but, but uh, what I found out when I arrived was uh, that very last night was an important night. It, it was the last night of the festival. They brought in this big, well-known speaker, this evangelist, and, and he would share the gospel with the tens of thousands of students and their leaders who were there. And my role as the altar counselor was to pray for these people who had responded to receive Christ and, and trust him for their salvation. No, no big deal, right? It was a huge job, and, and, and to be really honest with you, I was, I was terrified. I remember I never, when I found out what I had to do, I, I, I had never felt so overwhelmingly inadequate, uh, unqualified, underprepared, you name it. That's how I was feeling. And so I remember the, the speaker gave the invitation that night, and I looked out over the sea of people, and hundreds of people started coming forward. And, and the ushers escorted them to this giant open-air tent that was behind the stage, and they divided up all of these people into groups or three or four, and they paired them up with the, the altar counselor, which was me. And, and I'll never forget this big open-air tent, this beautiful uh, spring night. And there were these three or three uh, middle school boys sitting in front of me. Their eyes were like saucers. And my eyes were like saucers. And we just sat there in silence for I don't know how long. And finally, one of these little boys just said, well, so what happens next? <laughs> and all these questions I remember running through my mind like, what does happen next? <laughs> what do I say? Why did I sign up to do this? Why didn't I go to that training meeting last week where they told us what to do? I remember saying this, this silent, desperate prayer, and, and I did the best I could to guide these scared young boys through this prayer to make Jesus their Savior and Lord that night. And thankfully, I remember they filled out these little cards uh, that went to their youth pastors, so I, I, I took comfort in knowing that that whatever was lacking in my guidance that night would be followed up by a conversation with somebody who was actually involved in their lives. And it was that time I've learned over and over again how God's grace fills in the gaps. But for a long time, that's what came to mind when I, when I thought about having to share my faith with someone. And I wonder today what comes to mind for you. 
I want to pause and, and I'm going to come back to that story and I'm going to come back to that question in just a minute. But I want you to keep that in the back of your mind as I take just a few minutes this morning to introduce our new sermon series uh, for the next few weeks. Uh, I'll start with this just to give you some context. Uh, over the past few years, at the beginning of the year, our staff and I prayerfully choose a word. Uh, we've chosen a word to be our one word for the year. Uh, the word's intended to, to help us keep in focus our purpose for the year, to, to kind of guide our planning and our, our preparation and our programming. And, and the word that we've chosen over the last couple of years has been a word uh, that comes from our vision statement. You know our vision statement of sharing life together in Christ. So we've chosen a word to be our one word for the past couple of years that's come from that phrase. So last year the word, the one word was together, and this year the word has been the word sharing. And we talked a lot about sharing and, and we've tried to provide opportunities for people to learn and grow in this in this idea of sharing as part of the larger vision of sharing life together in Christ. And so as we look towards uh, kicking off this fall, what we're we're looking for ways that we as a staff and as a congregation can pray about and practice this idea of sharing. And I share all that with you this morning just to give you kind of a, a context for the series that we're going to be starting today. Uh, the conversation that we're going to be having over the next few weeks is going to be around this topic of sharing our faith. And the reason why I told you that story to start was because I'm willing to bet that just the simple mention of the phrase sharing our faith might have your eyes getting real big like saucers. Some of you might be squirming in your seats right now and ready to run for the exits. And so that's why I've already asked the safety team to lock the doors and block them until the, the end of the sermon today. <laughs> but in all honesty, I wanted to start there today because I I think probably when most of us think about sharing our faith, we probably feel like like 22-year-old me sitting in front of those middle school boys underneath that tent in central Kentucky. When you think about sharing your faith, maybe you feel as terrified as I did. Maybe you feel overwhelmingly inadequate and underprepared. And that's okay. But I wanted to tell you that that my hope and my prayer for, for us is that after we're done with this series, that those feelings would be replaced with feelings of excitement and anticipation about how God might use you in ways that, that God has uniquely created and called you to share his love and his life with those around you. There, there's a passage of scripture that we're going to use as kind of our anchor verse for this series and, and it's an unusual passage of scripture when we think about sharing our faith. I don't think I've ever heard this passage used in association with sharing our faith. Usually when you hear this passage, and, and it may be a familiar one to you, usually when we talk about this passage, we talk about it with regard to spiritual gifts. Uh, but there's this book that I've been reading recently called Contagious Faith, and and it's changed my view on this passage. And so I just want to read it for you, and then and then we'll talk about it a little bit, okay? Uh, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 6. Hear this God's word for us today. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, he says this. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord 
There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. So in all of them and in everyone, that means all of us, the same God is at work in us and through us. Last year, if you were here, we did a series called Uniquely. And when we did that series, we talked about how each one of us is called, created, and commissioned to make a difference in the lives of others for God. Each one of us has been given these unique spiritual gifts to be used to serve others for the glory of God. Uh, Pastor Rick Warren uses this acrostic shape, S-H-A-P, to talk about how we are uniquely shaped to serve. And, and the word shape, there's a, uh, the word shape spells out this acrostic, and it stands for spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experience. He talks about how God uses all of those things in us uh, to uniquely shape us in order to serve. And so last year we talked about how God's uniquely gifted us to serve. Uh, but this year what I want us to talk about is in the same way God has uniquely gifted us not only to serve, but to share. See, the good news is we don't all have to share our faith in the same way. That we can share our faith in ways that, that reflect who God has uniquely created and called and commissioned us to be. And so that's why this series is called Shaped to Share. And that's what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks. Uh, in the book, uh, the author, uh, there, there's a kind of a forward at the beginning of the book. And Lee Strobel, if you ever heard of him, he wrote a book called The Case for Christ. He, he talks about contagious faith like this. He says, authentic Christians have a deep desire to see others receive Jesus as their forgiver and leader. But they tend to shrink back from telling them about the gospel because they're uncomfortable with stereotypical approaches to proselytizing, to sharing our faith. He goes on to say, God can use you and your personality to reach out with the gospel in ways that are authentic to who God made you to be. I love this next part. He says, you can be you. And God can use you to spread the message of hope and grace to one person at a time. Isn't that a beautiful thing to think that God can use you in ways that, that God doesn't use me and vice versa? That we've all been uniquely created and, and, and placed in, in the place that we are to share that good news of grace with those around us? It was a great reminder to me that, that all of us are uniquely created in God's image. We're uniquely called and commissioned by God to share the gospel by simply sharing our faith in Christ with others. The author of the book, Mark Middleberg, uh, he talks about his own journey of faith and, and uh, how he learned how to share his faith in ways that were authentic to him. And he says, it's liberating to realize that, that God knew what he was doing when he made you. I want to stop right there. For some of you today, that may be all you need to hear today. God knew what he was doing when he made you. Your personality is, is on purpose. You don't need to feel bad about not looking or acting or talking like some other Christian. God wants to use you as you. That's good news in and of itself. As he equips you and stretches you to reach out to others in your own uniquely effective way. In the book, he lays out these what he calls these five contagious faith styles 
He says, God's uniquely equipped the body of Christ with all of these different styles to share the good news of Jesus with others. And he says something really interesting too. He says, each of us will probably connect with one or two as ways to share our faith most authentically. I wanna share the list with you this morning and then we're gonna talk about them some more in the weeks to come. But here are the five contagious faith styles. See if one or two resonate with you. He talks about friendship building, selfless serving, story sharing, reason giving, and truth telling. Now I'm willing to bet that maybe one of those this morning when you heard it, it kind of resonated with you and kind of drew you in to want to know more, maybe than all the other five. And I'm also willing to bet that the one that resonated with you probably wasn't the one that resonated with the person next to you or the person in front of you or the person behind you. And, and that's okay. In fact, that's the whole point of this. The point is we need all of us, just like we need all of our gifts. We need all of us to be sharing our faith in ways that are unique to who we are. We've been talking a lot in some different ways about how we live in this culture of, of comparison and, and competition, right? And as I thought about it this week, I thought, you know, that kind of culture has creeped into even our understanding of sharing our faith. Sometimes we feel pressure uh, to share our faith in the same way that others do. And sometimes we feel less than if we're not doing it the way that that person does or, or we're not sharing our faith as often as others in the ways that we think are the right way to do it. That's why I think this passage is so important for us as we think about this idea of sharing. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Lord distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. One of the things that we realize as we step out in faith to share with others is that God is actually not just working in our life, but, but through our life. And sometimes when we see God working through us to, to reach others, we see ways that God has been working in our lives that maybe we didn't even know it. Even this morning as Pastor Lee was praying, he reminded me one of the things that sometimes I think I miss when I think about the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28. You know, when Jesus sends out the disciples, he says, you know, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them uh, to obey everything I've commanded you. But there, at the end is the promise. You remember what it is? And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There's nothing like stepping out in faith, stepping out of our comfort zone to share our faith with others, to make us realize and be reminded that God is with us. But that's a promise for all of us. The book calls this our contagious calling. And the author quotes one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite Christian bands. Pretty sure they were at Ichthus one of those years. How many of you have heard of a Christian band called Switchfoot? In the early 2000s, they, they came out with this album called Meant to Live. And there was this song on there and the chorus proclaims this wonderful truth. We were meant to live for so much more. That's really what this series is all about. It's not just about sharing. It's not even about faith. It's about sharing our faith because 
it's really about life because that's the foundation of our faith. It's life. Life abundant. Life eternal. Life together in Christ. That's, that's what it's all about. That's kind of the last thing I want to leave you with today. That's one of the powerful truths that I'm finding in this book. And, and it's one of the powerful truths of our faith. That our faith compels us to share it with others because our faith is about life. It's about this message of hope in the midst of this life that we live now that's hard. It's got ups and downs and ins and outs and unexpected detours. And we need to be reminded that God is with us. And that's the message of hope that's ours in Jesus Christ. That's the foundation of our faith. That's the good news of great joy for all people. That we were meant to live for so much more and Christ has come and lived and died and rose again so that we might have life now and forever. Amen. Jesus. When Jesus is talked about at the beginning of John's gospel. He proclaims the coming of Christ like this. He says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness is not overcome. It. Jesus says about himself later on in John's gospel, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then in Matthew's gospel, Jesus turns around and says, and you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill can't be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Not his light or her light, let your light shine before others. So that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, see when you really think about it, sharing our faith isn't something we, we have to do. It's just like when we talk about generosity. It's not something that God wants from us. It's really something God wants for us. Sharing our faith isn't something that God makes us do. It's something that God allows us to do as, so that we can experience life to the fullest. It's an expression of, of who we are. We were created for this. We are, we're called to this. We're commissioned for this. We were meant to live for so much more. And when we're sharing the faith that's ours in Christ with others, not only do others experience life, but we get to experience it as well. One of the things I'm being reminded of in the book is that our faith is by nature contagious. When we're truly living it out in authentic ways, then, then it's going to spread to those around us. But I'm also reminded of the other side of this, just to put it bluntly. We can't spread what we don't have, right? So one of the things I felt like I just needed to say today is if you've never received this amazing gift of life in Christ, if you've never put your trust in Jesus as forgiver and leader, savior and Lord of your life, then maybe today is a day for you to receive it. At the end of the service today, if, if you want to 
come forward and you want somebody to pray with you, I promise my eyes won't be big like saucers like they were before. I would love to, to pray with you to receive that gift today. But if you, if you have received it, if you've received this amazing gift of life in Christ, maybe today is the day for you to share it with someone else. See, the book says our faith is not just for ourselves. It's, it's not to be hoarded. It's meant to be spread to others. He says it's to be infectious, contagious. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I know you're probably tired of hearing words like contagious and infectious and, and spread. We've heard it in so many negative ways over the last few years. But as I was reading th that chapter this week, I thought, you know what? What if it's time? to see those words in a whole new light and to embrace our contagious faith once again. Last quote from the book, at least for today. He says, what if our faith were contagious? What if instead of quietly clinging to our relationship with Christ and succumbing to the societal sentiment that faith should be private, we realize that faith is for sharing, that Jesus came not just for me and you, but but to be the savior of the world. And he wants us to share the good news about him with others. What if it's time for us to spread the gospel by infecting our family and friends with the faith that's ours, that's transforming us from the inside out? What if it's time for us to pray for people around us to catch our contagious compassion, our contagious enthusiasm, our contagious excitement, our contagious laughter, our contagious generosity, our contagious authenticity what if we prayed that 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 faith would spread throughout our families and our neighborhoods and our communities and our church what if when people heard the word contagious they thought about Christians in a good way so that's what's been on my heart and mind as I've been reading through this book and that's what I wanted to share with you today and that's that's where we're headed for the next few weeks. And in the meantime, what I want to invite you to do is to join me as we pray for one another. We pray for one another that this idea of sharing our faith would become a foundational part of sharing life together in Christ. I want you to know that I'll be praying over the next few weeks that you would find a contagious faith style that fits you. How God is uniquely created and called and commissioned you so that when opportunities arise, instead of feeling inadequate or underprepared, you might feel energized and as the Bible says, prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have because there are people around us every day that need the hope that's ours in Jesus Christ. And what an honor, privilege it is for us to be able to share that with them. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, I pray that nothing I said today made it sound easy. But I pray that, that your word and your spirit would remind us that it is the way that leads to life, not just for us, but for those around us. Lord, I pray that we would be reminded today that, that the good news of great joy for all people is still good news today. And there are people all around us that need to hear it. And that you have given us the incredible privilege and honor of being able to share it. 
Lord, I pray when we have those opportunities, Lord, that you would give us faith, give us courage, give us grace to step out and share it in whatever imperfect ways that we do, God. And I pray that whatever we say, whatever we do, and even if we don't, we thank you that your grace fills in the gaps. Lord, we thank you for your grace that meets us right here today. And we approach your throne of grace with confidence today, knowing that we receive mercy and grace and forgiveness because of your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. I love that we're starting this series today on, on, a, on a Sunday where we come together to celebrate Holy Communion. As I was thinking about it this week, I thought, what a better way for us to, to, to celebrate this idea of sharing in the body of Christ than to actually share in the body of Christ. There's a prayer that we pray as we come to the table of Holy Communion where, where I get the honor of praying, Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we might be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. And so with that confidence today, I want to invite us to come to the table. The invitation is always that this is not a, it's not my table, it's not a fellowship table, it's not a United Methodist table. This is, this is Christ's table. And Christ invites to his table all who love him and who seek to live in peace with God and with one another. So all are invited to come and experience this, this means of God's amazing grace today as an expression of our faith. As we come today, I want to invite us to, to proclaim our, our faith together as we say the Apostles' Creed. We've got a slide for that today. We don't have a slide for that? Okay. Well, how about I proclaim it for us? And uh, I'll just say this over you today. And if you know it, you can join me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of body and the life everlasting. Amen. Our faith reminds us that on the night that Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread. He gave thanks to God. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples. He says, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave thanks to God and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And so, God, we pray today that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and juice, that you would make them be for us, the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that we might be for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, 
now and forever. I want to invite you to pray with me silently as we confess our sins to God. And then we're going to close by praying the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Lord, we confess that there are so many ways as individuals and as a church that we have fallen short of your glory. And yet we thank you that in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and that proves your love for us. God, we thank you for that. And so we thank you that because of Jesus, we can approach your throne of grace with confidence and we can pray together with the confidence of children of God, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I want to invite the ushers to come forward at this time, and those who are going to be serving. We're going to have two stations again up front here. Uh, you'll come forward and you'll receive a cup. You'll hear those words, the blood of Christ shed for you. You'll have a piece of bread, the body of Christ broken for you. And again, if you don't feel comfortable being served communion today, we have our kits on the sides, and uh, you can come and get those as well. You, you can just come uh, as you feel led today to the station that's closest to you. And then when you're done, you're invited to the altar to pray if you would like to. You can stay as long as you like, and then you can return to your seat. And then we'll, uh, we'll close with this song of worship. So I want to invite you to stand as we sing. And then I invite you to come as you feel led and as our servers are in place.